Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cutting Board. I'm your host, Mike Rose. Today's episode is entitled Cash Cow. We're talking about the nuance of millennial savings, millennial financial planning, literacy, just understanding the game as a whole. Um, who I have here with me today, this young OG, one of my young bulls, so smart, sometimes against his, you know, his better judgment. Um, it's always a journey with this cat. Uh, he's he's always on a cusp of achieving some other goal. Every time every time I talk to him, he shoot for the stars. I feel like he is like the Latin Elon Musk. Like we just he's out here trying to take over the world any means necessary. Uh, let's give a round of applause. If I had sounds, it would go right here. For they, see, there you go. For the one, the only, Aaron Sanchez. Woo! So, per usual, let's talk about this plate. Um, my man said that we're going to call it. He actually named this episode, and he said we're going to call it the Cash Cow. He said, yo, we're doing cow. You know we got to pull up some steaks. So, shout out to Aldi's. Yeah, I said Aldi's. Went through Aldi's, caught a sale today on some real, real nice uh, five-ounce chuck wrapped in bacon. I did something dirty to it. I had the compound butter in the pan, you know, the basting with the oregano and all the fun stuff. We flash fried some uh, Brussels sprouts and coconut oil, and then we did some of my mama's roasted potatoes. We made a nice little scramble minus the egg. You heard? And uh, we would have talked a little bit more about the plate, but we ate them before we started. <laughs> so we're here. we've actually started this conversation at least three times and did not push record. So we're here now talking about this talk. One thing that we were definitely just talking about is acquisition in regards to uh, basically how Pac used to say. Pac would say it like this. We're dying to live and we're living to die. So you have it where we're spending an exponential amount of time trying to acquire the quote-unquote American dream. We need the three-bedroom, two-bathroom, white picket fence, certain credit score, all that good stuff. Now, listen, I'm not knocking anybody for wanting these things. But there's got to be a method to your madness, right? So, like I said, this young man has really been on the cusp of uh, a 10-year plan that he's really been, when I say hounding down the bag, I never met anybody who probably works as many jobs as I do. And this guy be on one, you heard? Aaron, talk that talk, bro. What, what does it mean to be fiscally responsible? Well, first of all, I would like to say... Um, You're going to get out this sexy voice, bro. Aldi's needs to sponsor us. This is the second time I've said all these out, out loud. Yes. So I don't know if y'all need to get on the dot com or what you got to do. Get all these to give me the bag. Yeah, we'll get we'll get in touch with management or HR. We'll figure it out. I met a manager today, and they just didn't seem pleased. But we're going to talk to somebody because I come through there. I mind my business. I don't disrupt y'all BJs like shelves. And I keep it pushing. But y'all got some quality stuff in the cut. Like, if you know how to look for for product if you know how to go through the store it's lit they are not paying me for this sponsorship or this plug right now but if anybody that works there hears this go on and slide that to your manager before you clock out for break you heard and that's how you started cash count see we're already working that's it fiscal responsibility what does it mean to be frugal my guy frugal um wow can uh i get context for frugal can you explain that more for the listeners that you know not a I will explain that. Can you close the window for me while we're doing that? Because yes. I feel like all outside is trying to ruin this podcast, and we're not going to let that happen. So frugality, being frugal. Some people will like to say that I am cheap. 
I am not cheap. I'm not a penny pincher. I'm just purposefully spending. So in a sense of being frugal, instead of buying, you know, the bigger brand names or the bigger, uh, more expensive items just because it comes with a brand name, I purposely look for um, anything that is kind of the equivalent at a more effective price. That's, you know, quote unquote, shopping at Aldi's. Again, we're talking about Aldi's um, <laughs> because, you know, Price Shopper I love and Shop and Shop I hate, but there are places that you can basically find alternatives. It's like going to Amazon. You type in Amazon, you get one product, but they'll give you 36 of the same thing. And you got to pick based on reviews, based on whatever your, your bias is. And that's, you know, that's how you get to it. Frugality is making sure that you are purposely spending. Now, I... Paying for your buck. Yeah, pretty much. I mess up a bag on a regular basis, but I work enough to mess up a bag. But even in that, I hold my money. Yeah, um, I mean, frugal. Uh, it's great to, you know, splurge once in a while, I would say. At the same time, making sure you stick to your plan and you're not messing up your own plan or um, path that you're on. Uh, I mean, I, I spend money too. Uh, sometimes. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I spend money, honestly, my weakness is food. Um, I, especially when I go out, if I'm going out, I'm normally going out to eat. And I don't really look at the price when I'm buying food because, you know, it's nutrition at the end of the day. So that's that's more so me. Um, yeah. Besides that, I don't really buy, like, clothes like that. I'm not really a trend, trend individual. I stick to, you know, uh, non-logo shirts. Um, don't mind the polo shirt that I have on today. I was about to say, you said non-logo with this giant teddy bear on your chest. Uh, so there's a story behind that. I actually got it at a consignment store for, nice. for $5. Easy way to spend the block. That was nice. <laughs> and you just explained frugality. So, so you know, that reminds me of a time I went out to California to visit my brother. Shout out to Mr. Rose. Uh, he put me onto this store. Well, man, I'm talking about they had... Balenciaga, they had Hermes, they had everything you think belongs in California. Didn't realize the store was a consignment shop. So you're getting these top dollar brands instead of paying two thousand for a pair of sneakers, you're paying, I would say, roughly thirty to sixty percent off. So now you can look like you got the bag without having a break one. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's kind of my objective in life, man, is really trying to I learned it from my grandma, man, with with, with her credit card. Uh, shout out to Discover. You can sponsor us too. Um, <clears throat> she would, when she was driving, thank the Lord for taking the keys. Um, she was driving and she would go put gas on the card uh-huh. and then put cash on the card right afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you, why are you double paying? She's like, I'm not. I swipe for the, the points. I swipe for the benefit. I swipe, you know, the gas. And then when my check come, I put it back on the card. So that there's never any interest. She's like, Discover hates me mm-hmm. because there's no APR on my end because I never leave a balance for them to charge an interest rate. Hey, that's a little bit of free game. If you leave a balance on your card, after 30 days, you're charged interest. Mm-hmm. Or after the billing cycle, you're charged interest. If you don't leave a balance, there's no interest. Kind of like day 28, to be more precise. Um, I feel you. But yep. that just to piggyback on what you said, um, 
I, I used to do financial planning and what I told people whenever they get credit cards, they're like, oh, free money, free money. It's true to an extent, depending how you, if you know how to work the system and if you know you're aware of what you're doing. Um, but if you're one that has an addictive personality or trait or if you just like spending money when you're stressed or depressed, um, I do not recommend credit cards. Um, but I normally say, uh, if you're going to have a regular credit card, um, have it with a cap um, because that's going to be your emergency credit card. Whereas, let's say you shop at Costco's, get a Costco credit card. If you, uh, for all your electronics, get a Best Buy credit card. Now, I'm speaking from experience. I have a Best Buy credit card. I only use it for appliances and electronics, and I use that to gain my debt. Um, I gain debt, which is positive debt, which people are not aware of. And I pay that off, and I build credit. With that credit is really where your <laughs> your um, net worth comes from. Building your credit because now you're allowed more loans, uh, and you have it to your discretion as well. See, a lot of people don't understand that Debt is, is really how you run the world, that you really can't have currency without debt. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between positive and negative debt, mm -hmm. wherein your debt that's working for you. Mm -hmm. um, I remember watching an interview with Warren Buffett, and he was talking about how he doesn't allow his kids to have debit cards, and he himself doesn't own one. And everyone in the crowd is like, oh my God, what do you mean? He says, my whole life is on credit cards. I spend other people's money, and then they pay me to spend it. And everyone's trying to figure out what that means. It's really the benefits to your card. It's the benefits that come with, like, the 2% cash back at grocery stores or I get cash back at, at gas stations or whatever have you. Even though what Aaron just said about having, like, a Costco card, there are certain benefits. If you read the, the contract, reading is fundamental. Mm -hmm. If you read the contract, it really tells you what's the benefit of shopping with us. Aside from the fact that you're building credit history, that you're building a um, rapport with that, you know, that lender, you're building positive debt. So even let's say I charge a, a $800 TV on, on my Costco card, I'm paying that joint off before my statement date or before my billing cycle, and there's not going to be any APR. And at a certain point, here's the gimmick. They give you more money in the hopes that you'll blow it. So if you don't have any APR after, I say, six to eight months, they're going to give you a credit in the, um, a credit increase or you can ask for a credit increase and it'll put you in a different um bracket pretty much so now i know for me um shout out to my bank who i don't like y'all so i'm not gonna say your name um they always try to get me so when i first got the credit card i really didn't have too much credit going on they gave me like 500 i, I maxed that out paid it off didn't use it for a while they gave me an increase to a thousand didn't use it for a while they gave me an increase to 1500 i maxed that joint out and it's been sitting there. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact, as soon as I pay off this fourteen five nine seventy four, they're going to ask me, do I want to go up again? Here's the gimmick, though. Now that I'm a little more fiscally responsible and understanding, because you shouldn't give a platinum card to an 18-year-old, mm -hmm. is I'm going to play your game now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend everything I can on this card. The only things you really can't charge are your mortgage, um, other credit cards, and things that are built on your credit. Now, you can charge everything else. Groceries, gas. Let your barber swipe your credit card for a haircut, bro. You can actually charge certain credit cards on other credit cards. You just got to find them. See? Research is real. Mm -hmm. So, check this out, right? The question I've seen on social media is, would you rather have $800,000 right now mm -hmm. or dinner with Jay-Z? 800000 Why? Because I could probably take 80000 of that and have an hour meeting with him. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. 
that you would take the 800000 and just pay Jigger to come have this meeting anyway. Mm-hmm. And I still get to keep 720000 mm-hmm. And I might get laced with game. Mm-hmm. Now, the funnier one is, they say, yo, you want 500000 or lunch with Ye? Give me the 500000 immediately. Yeah. And not because Ye's not a genius, because he definitely came out of major debt and went to being the top paid rapper in the world. It's really because Ye's social meter could be completely off that day, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting nothing out of him. Or he could be on some wild stuff, and we go have dinner at the bottom of the ocean. It, you don't know what you're going to get when Ye pull up. Yeah. But I, when I read it, it really made me think, do we value the intellectual capital of people who are ahead of us, or do we value the persona that they project? That's, that's, that's a tough one. I, it depends. Everything that you're going to ask, it all depends on the individual. And their mindset because I don't I don't put anyone on a pedestal. Everyone's an equal. The CEO and the janitor, the same person to me. Um, so uh, hey, like you said, it depends what you get from Jigga, you know. But at the same time, I saw I think I saw I saw that video and he actually commented on that. He was like, "Listen, <laughs> take the money." <laughs> I think he said that. He's like, "I would have took the money." I'm not that interesting. Go ahead and take the money. Yeah. At the at the same time, the thing is. Once you take that money, the first question is, is it taxed or non-taxed? <laughs> Bro, this is, see, this is what we started to start having conversations about. Because there's got to be fine print to these memes. Mm-hmm. you telling me I get 800000 In the state of Connecticut, the tax on that is going to be redonkulous. Yeah. So you only come home with a tray. Mm-hmm. So can I, am I getting taxed on this? Or can I, like, leave scot-free? And really, like, speaking realistically, can I switch Jig out for somebody else? Well, I mean, if you if you take the money, you can, you can. And that's where and that's really where I'm at. What we were talking about before we decided to press record because, you know, we're not like we're recording a podcast today or nothing. <laughs> really dealing with the fact that you know, outside of social class, outside of you know, outside of economic class or brackets or whatever have you, everyone says that the only color that matters is green. Mm-hmm. Nope, we definitely came to the conclusion the only matter the color that matters is gold. Gold. Because what is your money backed up by? It's a promissory note backed up by what? Gold. Gold. <laughs> Gold is the only thing that really matters. Think about it. Like, what's, we can't produce gold. No. Now, diamonds, uh, ladies, unfortunately, I want you to go ahead and uh, take a diamond tester to that little two-carriage, you know, home tried to give you on Christmas. <laughs> Guarantee that mug don't beat. Because simulated diamonds don't beat. I just saw something on, <laughs> on social media um, the other day. Stated that you can for fourteen thousand dollars you can get your ashes compressed into a diamond. I feel like that's some witchcraft. Like so, my son or I don't got a son. Uh, my kid, I said my son, man, plot twist. So <laughs> my son, that's because my daughters hit like boys. Sorry, uh, my my daughters would get my ashes turned into a diamond and wear that joint. You better not. That's some necromancy. Put me where I belong, G. <laughs> I told my kids, I want to go out like a Viking. Wrap me up, put me on a boat, push me out, and someone hit it with the bow and arrow with the fire in the joint. That's the I want to go out like that. Or there's a joint called, um, it's, it's, um. Put me in a pot and turn me into a tree. Why did you just steal my idea? Because, you know. That's where I'm at with it. Because, like, yo, if anything, you know how Mufasa said it, it's a circle of life. Mm-hmm. Shout out to OG Mufasa, man. Rest in peace, my G. You know, down with Scar. Oh, wait, he's there too. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, it's a circle of life, right? Yeah. So I, I was born, I lived, I died. What can I do to give back now? Mm-hmm. I want to be a giant cedar. 
Like, go get, go put my ashes near some cedar root or whatever you got to do. Make me the biggest tree in Connecticut. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm big lit with that. I want to be a tree. I'm down. Because yeah. when we think about it, every even when we're talking about finance and we're talking about acquisition, what you acquire, what you have, doesn't go with you to the grave. Mm-mm. Sorry for all the ancient Egyptians who thought being buried with their stuff was going to matter. You can't pay the ferryman in, in the afterlife. There's no... There's nothing, there's no drachma, there's no gold that's going to carry you over. So in, in this life, you got to think about how much is it that I can give back, right? So if I was to, you know, go on to glory, I would want my last effort to be that of charity. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Now, my money, I'd rather my kids take the rest of my money. But what can, what out of my personal being, what can I provide? And I would love to be a tree. A tree, a money tree. There's that. A money tree, yeah. Well, I mean, kids having your money is one thing, but if you don't share the wealth of knowledge, you'll never be wealthy. That's what um. Because money is temporary in my opinion. Money is so fleeting. Yeah. We can definitely talk about. Aaron's trying to pull me into my theory of the matrix, and I feel it. And we're not. We're, he's not gonna do this because I'm not giving that game out for free. But one interview I did see it was T. Jakes and Steve Harvey, and they were really talking about how. Um, Steve basically told his kids that 85% of the money that he's acquired, him and his wife are going to spend before he dies. And he'll leave about 15% behind. And T.D. Jakes, you know, excuse me, Bishop T.D. Jakes responds with, it's not about the wealth you can hand them, it's the wealth that you can put in them. Mm -hmm. So the the proverb of, if I teach you to fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. If I give you a fish, you're lit for right now until your hunger goes away. Or to assume until your hunger comes back. But then if I teach you how to do it, you can do it for a lifetime. So my real point is teaching financial literacy to my kids so that you all know that there's a way that we do this and you can get your own bag. I got multiple businesses. You can take one. But if you don't want to work that, you want to work your own path, let me put you on game about how we get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And all that to be said, I learned the game two ways. My dad was a hustler. I learned the street way of how to get to the money. But then my mom was like mad. I was thinking about it today before we, you know, sat down. My mom was super cunning with the bread. Like, how you feed two kids by yourself and still pay your mortgage and your car note and still get to travel? And still, We still got crab legs on the table. We still got name brand clothes. My brother got name brand. I was a fat kid. There wasn't no name brand. It was Stacey Adams and Huskies. If y'all ever, I'm, y'all have heard me say this. Don't y'all ever call me Rotun, Husky, none of that. You have to shoot the fade immediately. <laughs> Do not call me any of these synonyms for fat people. But saying that, like, I watched my mom work, you know, multiple jobs and secure the bag and know how to maneuver it around. 401k, retirement, timeshares, and just know how to maneuver certain things. So now I'm watching the hustle for my pops while he's out here doing his thing. And then the the responsibility for my mom's I'm like, okay, cool. Sometimes you really got to take in all the meat and throw out the bones. And know what it, what it is that you can do. Some of the stuff I don't necessarily agree with. I can agree with the fact that longevity is the goal. Mm-hmm. I need enough money to sustain to my last breath. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> just to touch on some of the things you said, uh, where I strongly believe that even if you don't want to learn it and it's some sort of knowledge, I still say you should listen to it and take the gems. Take the meat and throw out the bones. The stuff you don't like, throw out. For example, let's say you don't like fish, you're allergic to seafood. Still learn how to fish, sell the fish for some steak. 
Yeah, there's always a way. You, I feel like you're still pushing on this theory because we're we're not going that route to start talking about. Okay, I'm not. But even even in that in that sentence, right? It's the same thing when you understand that everything in this world is transferable. Yeah, yeah. So it's a barter system, right? You, you take the twenty. If I give you twenty dollars in cash and you need gas, you about to go give my man at the gas station the twenty dollars. The machine is give you twenty dollars worth of gas. Yes. Y'all know how much twenty dollars worth of gas is right now. Do y'all know you get that twenty dollars is not getting you back to the crib after putting it in there? Like shout out to my Pathfinder G. Smokey got it going because I put a smooth sixty in there, and we are gonna last to the next paycheck. But hey, I take it like this. OG over there, I'm not gonna say his name. You can raise the gas prices all you want to. Y'all still only gonna get the same fifty dollars, and we're gonna make that fifty stretch. But when you think about it, we can't live life with closed fists. That's a fact. How do you acquire? How do you get things that are having a value if your hands are closed? So you're, you're, that's like the theory of grandma putting the money in the mattress. Mm-hmm. Now, grandma took every dollar that the SSI check and whatever, the little side hustle, the baby, the daycare center, the candy store and made and put it under the mattress. House catches fire. Grandma broke. Mm-hmm. It's the same theory when we're now putting our, our money in low interest yielding savings accounts they're giving you 0.01% interest on what you put in savings that's true you're basically giving your money away for them to hold it i mean that also has to do with the individual because they're not they're not educated on financial literacy and that's why we have a problem that's that's really what it is especially in the minority community um we we're not aware of that or we're, we're fearful of it and we put the fear in our kids or the future generations mm-hmm. and they're, we can't blame them because that's what they know and they just know work. It's our job to understand that and take the meat and throw away the bones and, you know, multiply that. See, and that's, I, I got this theory of having my own business. Um, a story I heard about my grandpa, shout out to Mr. B, rest in peace, my guy. Uh, he ran a candy store in the hood. Now, you know, you know, anybody who grew up near Blue Hills, went to Boys and Girls Club on Granby Street, there was a dude with the red truck. Red truck had all the snacks. I'm talking about all the joints you want, from the chips, the dipsy doodles, to the, to the penny candies in the brown paper bag. Every time home pulled up to the Boys and Girls Club, he left with a bag. Come to find out, he lived around the corner. So all he did was really bring the truck down the street, and the kids used to, I mean, one day, bro, I called myself, I, I was feeling it. I gave home $5. So I said, I want five bags of penny candy. Y'all do the math. That's 500 pieces of candy for this jolly little five-foot fat kid. I really just poured it on my bed and laid there like, yo, I have so much candy, bro. It was Halloween. Yo, it's so much candy on this mattress right now. I don't know what to do with it. I'm pretty sure there's still some tootsies in the back closet at my mom's house right now. Like, so when you understand that there's opportunities for everybody, you got to really get in your bag. You got to find what makes you, like, what makes you smile? How I say, what makes your heart go pitter-patter? Like, what gets you going in regards to, uh, Working pretty much because you can't, you're not gonna be able to live here and not put in work. Yeah. But you want to go die at a cubicle, or you want to enjoy waking up and going to do what you want. Uh, it all comes down to a plan. I feel, because if you don't have a plan, you're gonna die in that cubicle. Real talk. And you're gonna enjoy that one week to two week vacation and three weeks and five years of working in that company. Yo. Or you can work at that job and have that plan. Similar to my story, 
do what I got to do, have the plan, stick to it, pay it off, and then you just have more money in your pocket. That's it. And see, that's the thing, too. Like, if you, if you stick to your plan, if you understand that I had a plan this whole time, mm-hmm. working at a menial job doesn't feel as bad because you understand this is a stepping stone. Yeah. Like, right now, you know, I had a couple jobs outside of the businesses, and I don't really care for my jobs. Not because it's a bad, you know, situation or bad company or whatever. It's not as fulfilling as I thought it'd be. Mm-mm. And it wasn't until I sat down with the HR lady and she really reminded me of what my plan was when I got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to help the kids. Yeah, I want to be here to support people, whatever, whatever. What's my long-term goal? My long-term goal is to be able to be a creative and be happy. Because any creatives on, you know, listening to the podcast, y'all know the vibes. When we can't get out our creativity... It's like a slow death. Like it's like it, it hurts <laughs> when we can't get out a creative outlet. Yeah, check out you know Mike Smills on Instagram. Yeah, check out RCG. I have to get out creatively, or I'm gonna get depressed immediately. It's the the best part is when you apply for a job and they say, yeah, you have creative freedom, and then you bring up a topic to the boss, and they're like, no, unfortunately, you can't do that. And then you pressure, present, and then you have a presentation backed up by that. You have facts and data analysis backed up by that, and you still get denied. That's when you realize. Go ahead, say it. You about to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> you in the matrix. <laughs> That's when you realize you plugged in, and you can only do what the construct lets you do. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not messing with you. This gonna, might have to be a part two, but you got to think about it, right? I sat and I really thought about um, all of the all of the things that contribute to my job, right? Mm-hmm. My job is owned by a, a business. My job is also a school. It's for profit. It's this it's is what we're profit. here for. Yeah. So I sat in the office and I asked for a raise, and I knew the likelihood of me getting a raise was like a smooth ten percent. But if it's more than five, take it. Now I'm talking about ten percent chance of me getting it. No, if it's more than five percent, take it. I would have took a dollar fifty if you really would have said a dollar fifty. I knew that it wasn't going to go my way. I just want to, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I said, let me just go, you know, talk my talk and see what happened. Mind you, I have a couple offers on the table. It's not about the offers. It's not about what people are willing to pay me. Because if you really think about it, what you get paid per hour is what they're saying the the time of your life is worth. So the $22 I'm making an hour, an hour of my life is worth $22. 22 pale green pieces of paper is worth an hour of my life. That's five gallons of gas. Still not going to get you back to the crib. <laughs> my car takes, or my, my SUV takes 18 miles to the gallon. I, I'm really a creature of habit. I go to the same gas station as much as I possibly can. So I'm going to spend at least 476 getting back from the gas station. You got to think about that part. But you really got to put into context, what's my life's bread and butter? I want to help people. You gotta find that. That's I found mine. My purpose really is helping helping people as much as I can. How long did that take you? I almost I would say I almost always knew that. I almost always knew that I wanted to help people. The part that got me was how. How? And how do I help people without helping myself? Mm-hmm. So there was a lot to get through, but now at, at this age and where I'm at, I really noticed that my whole objective is to pour out what's been poured in. Mm-hmm. I've got great mentors. I got OGs. I got people who put me on. I want to be in a position to do the same thing. Now it's like paying it forward, yep. and it all boils back down to intellectual capital and financial understanding. Mm-hmm. I could give you a hundred thousand dollars right now, mm-hmm. 
if you have no plan, now we're both out of $100,000. <laughs> but if we sit at this table like me and Aaron most often do, because we shout out the Triple S security firm, we sit out, we make business for no reason. Like, we'll just be riding. Like, remember, we, we, we rode up to Federal Hill in um, Rhode Island. We probably had like four or five businesses by the time we got out of Connecticut. And it's really because... There's so many ways to get a bag. There's yeah. so many ways to get money. That's not the point, though. Kanye was in um, the Drink Champs um, podcast episode talking about relationship versus revenue. Mm-hmm. I can get a bunch of money in my bank account, but if no, nobody mess with me, I'm going to spend it the same vendors I was spending for when I was broke. He talked about when he went to Italy, he didn't go with any clothes. The owner of Balenciaga picked him up in a limo with his drawers, his socks, his undershirt, and some outfits. Just off the love, he not he could afford it, but it was just off the love. Hey, you in my city? Let me put you on. He says he moves around the country like that. He doesn't necessarily go home or anywhere. He has a home. You know, we ain't gonna get into all the Kanye politics. But when I move around, I don't have to bring nothing with me because I got love from state to state. Mm-hmm. So when I touch down, someone's gonna put me on. Yeah. That's what really matters. Establishing a relationship. Understanding that people have acquired, have, and have access to certain intellectual capital that's going to put them way further than a dollar could. It's not who. You, it's not what you know. It's who you know. I said it the other day, right? Someone had to correct my thought. It's not what. It's not what you know. It's who you know and how well you treat them. Because I can know. I know a lot of people. Yeah. I know a lot of big bosses. Mm-hmm. But because I move with respect, they respect me in return. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, fiscally speaking, I shouldn't be sitting at their tables. But I, inv- I get invited to certain situations because of how I show love. Oh, you open another business? Tell me what you need me to do. You don't have to pay me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need help moving? You don't got to pay me. Just show me what to do. Uh, you, you need me to do this? Or, I remember catering a couple of events for people who open in businesses. Just buy the food. Don't worry about my fee. We'll talk about that on the back end. Because now when I need to rent your space or now when I need your help, it's not like one hand washes the other. It's off the love, bro. Off the love, mm-hmm. you gonna make sure I'm straight. Back to the barter system. D- literally, you would you if you were agriculture and I was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. You need new pins for for you know new bins for your for your asparagus or whatever you're growing. My family needs a whole crop of corn. Say less. Here you go. Switch, yeah. Now, mind you, you didn't lose anything because the money you would have spent on my carpentry and the money I would have spent on your corn, we didn't. We just switched goods. We balanced out. And, it's really that simple. And it's. It is that simple, but people took it out of proportion and they said, well, that's not fair that I gave you three of my pigs for one of your goats. But that's the third party saying that and which sabotaged and... The barter system was messed up by greed, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Because the way I see it, we put value on whatever we want to put value on. Mm -hmm. So I got a stack of styrofoam containers over there, right? Mm -hmm. The stack of 200 of those was like 13 bucks. Now, when I go to make meals for people, I don't really even factor in the supplies like that. Because out of 200, one container, so divide one by 200. Or divide the, the price that it was going to, excuse me, 200 by one. It's not going to make that much of a difference. It's, it's literally pennies on a dollar. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to spike my charge to my customers based on the styrofoam container, I don't value my customer or their intelligence. If y'all seen my, my status on Facebook, I was talking about that. Well, these, these cats charged me $30 for two chicken, egg, and cheese wraps. I went back in there a week later, got four bacon, egg, and cheeses on a roll. Joints was $15. The math don't math. And my man's like, he tried to break down a receipt and itemize it, right? I want to just, 
I wanted to put my card on a desk and be like, hey, you can stop mid-presentation. I do this for real. I know what y'all pay for the stuff in here. So you charging me out the behind because y'all not making no bread. That's not a me problem. Mm-hmm. But it all goes back to what do I really want? Do I really want to sit here and have this conversation about how you overcharge me or do I want your product? Well, I mean, that also comes down to quality. Because <laughs> you charge someone 15, they charge someone 30, someone charges 45, someone charges 100. If the quality's good and the food's delicious, you're going to find clientele. The same way whereas you spent $5 on 500 penny candies, if you go to school and you say three of these candies for a quarter. <laughs> Bro, man, that, that's all. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So the, the, the point is, you know, figure out ways to make money, uh, make sure it's somewhat legal or end up turning it legal. Um, and going from there, the average millionaire is seven sources of income and I want it that I was thinking about this today. Like there's multiple ways to reach there. And one of the examples like you stated was working the nine to five. Right. So if you have a plan, that could be one of your sources because it's gonna provide income for your other businesses. Right? Or you can do multiple things. You can do something you hate until you get enough money to provide for something you love. You can do something you love and struggle all the way up. Or you can meet in the middle and do a little bit of both until you figure it out. Now, here's a note for anybody who's looking to be an entrepreneur or going to business for yourself. That's the way I got it out the mud. I went to all my jobs, three, four jobs at a time, still catering, still making meals, still dedicating days and time to perform at what I do best. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. Sometimes it's not rewarding. Sometimes it is lucrative. But if you know the objective, right? Mike's Mills is six years old now. The objective was, Congrats. thank you. The objective was, I know what my plates bang for. Mm-hmm. I know what flavor I can provide that is not consistent in the industry. Mm-hmm. Because you go to a lot of these nice restaurants and they hit you with banquet seasoning. <laughs> nah, I'm not. We're not getting just salt and pepper here. We we gonna you know flavor profile out the out the wazoo. Shout out to Papa's Kitchen, Soul Bowls, and Weathersfield Avenue. Shout out C.T. Smith, Chef Walter. A lot of my dudes that I know are going hard for the plates. It means something that we all had regular jobs. We all have regular jobs mm-hmm. and still come back to produce. Yep. Because you got to stay focused on the goal and the plan that you set before you even, you know, clocked in that day. That's correct. And that's really what it, it's really coming down to as far as uh, I read an article that talks about Social Security is over 2038. We won't have no bread in the Social Security account from 2038. And it's like, that's a hard realization. My grandma been on Social Security since she was like 60-something. I work at a Section 8 place where everybody receives Social Security. 200 units. So then think about it after that. What's going to happen when the bread dry up? Cash assistance? (laughs) From where? There's no money. And mind you, that same fund pays to keep up our national parks. It, It pays for a lot of things. So if that's no longer an option, what do we do? You got to find a bag that you can still do well into your age. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. I um. That's why I started this plan early. 
like you stated earlier, I kind of I kind of knew what I wanted to do from the beginning, but trying to figure out how to do it was the, I guess, the conflict or the problem, where I I wanted to help people, um, so I thought medical field. You know, everybody thinks you want to help someone, you go to the medical field, and then from there, business and the graphic arts, and I'm like, I can help people rebrand themselves because everyone's their own brand. So by helping individuals increase their value, providing value by consulting and knowledge, will be able to increase their wealth not only to themselves, but the business that they provide others. And that, that was my goal. And now at this point, I'm, I'm more on the selfish end, which I, I strongly believe that everyone should be a little bit selfish uh, for their goals. Um, because what ends up happening is when you're not selfish for yourself when it comes to your goals, you end up with regrets when you're 50 and 60. And that's that's got to be so disheartening to make it to an elder age and look around like, what have I done? Yeah, and, and that's it. It's this is this. These are these are my thoughts. But in the minority community. Um, kids are taking care of their parents at a young age. Yep. And then the parents get mad at their kids because their kids are trying to venture off and do better for themselves and be better for themselves. Possibly make the financial choice to make enough money to cover their parents, but because of their parents' naiveness and parental control, they prevent that, which leads to their kids still staying with them. Not being able to provide and all that stuff. So it, and then they end up with regrets at 35, 40. And they're like, what did I do in my life? Can I start now? And it's, I don't know. Some, some people think it's too late. It's never too late to go to college. It's never too late to do anything, yeah. bro. Like my, my, I went to school. No, not to anybody who's went to you know higher scholastic learning. I knew that college wasn't it for me. It's not for everyone. I took what I could out of it. I was a business major. I took what I could. And that's how I run my business now. But I know that time is of the essence. If you notice it, we're already at the end of March. Mm -hmm. I could have swore January was just yesterday. We're already at the end of... (laughs) Happy New Year. We're already at the end of March. So think about it like this. If time is of the essence and time is moving fast, you got to move 10 times faster. Steve Harvey was talking about on one of his his exploits that you can't sleep eight hours a day. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. Six, four to six. That's exactly what Elon says. Elon says four to six hours is enough for him to last for the day. Because you think about it, if you're sleeping on the West Coast for eight hours a day, the stock market has been open for three to four hours before you even got up. What are you doing? Before you even open your eyes and brush your yuck mouth, the stock market has been open. I'll tell you right now, at nine o'clock, the New York session is busting. For those who understand what I just said. But yeah, this is true. Because um, people that invest, people that trade in the foreign exchange, um, New York session, 9 o'clock, giving out free game there, uh, is making a lot of moves. Which is another thing, talking about the cash cow being the title, I, understand, I don't really pay attention to news, I don't really pay attention to politics, but if you're an investor, if you trade, pay attention to that stuff. Pay attention to that stuff because... That, that could be consistent wealth, consistent money coming your way. You knew the thing that was happening with Putin overseas. If you were in trading and foreign exchange and you put your money on a buy for Euro USD, and when he attacked, you hit a soul, 
for Euro USD, you would have profited going up and going down. See, that's how I feel about when Bitcoin first really came out. <laughs> we was in a barbershop. To this day, I remember that conversation. Somebody came in a barbershop and was kicking knowledge about... Um, $12 Bitcoin. It was less than that when we first heard the conversation. And I'm like, Dad, I was getting $1,000 a week in, in pandemic money. I could have knocked off one of those checks, $1,000, and bought me $1,000 of Bitcoin at $12 and cashed out the same time Nas and them did. I'd have been up 10 mil early. Yeah, yeah. Should have, could have, would have. Yeah. Because we're not, we're not as literate or we're not as knowledgeable as we believe we are mm -hmm. because a lot of times we don't have the access to people with the knowledge. Knowledge or not willing to take risks. That part too. There's no reward without risk. Mm -hmm. how, how Meek said, scared money don't make no money. That's a fact. You literally got to, you got to put it on the line sometimes and know like, for instance, y'all listen to this podcast. Y'all know how much bread I put into this podcast in just like two months. Like you got to be willing to put your bread behind what you want. That goes with your body, your mind, your emotions. When you want something, you got to put something on the line for it yep. and be willing to risk it. Like sometimes um, right before... You know, the world got shut down. There was a building for sale, 125000 um, came with a you know, HVAC system, all that stuff. People was on my back. Yo, Mike, we'll give you a couple thousand. Go get it. Go get it. And something just didn't sit right in my body. As soon as I thought about purchasing, the world shut down. That had been a $125,000 building sitting in my lap with no revenue. Mm. Because the, the whole block was shut down. There was no purchasing from restaurants. There was no outside of like Uber Eats or whatever like that. And that takes a minute to get on. I've been sitting with a, a six-figure uh, uh, deficit in mm -hmm. my lap mm -hmm. with the hopes of making it out. So now I done shot my whole shot. You got to be really responsible over your own futures and destiny. Like you got to think about as much as I can control my own future, be aware of it. Be on top of it. Try to figure out how you're going to maneuver, how you're going to get from point A to point B. Like, if you're getting paid $1,000 every two weeks, you shouldn't be paying the last pay period's money off with this pay period. There's a difference between living from check to check mm -hmm. and borrowing against yourself. That's a terrible idea. I did it for years. I would get three fifty dollars every two weeks when I was a kid and would borrow money from my grandmother, $200, $300, and when my check came, had to give it right back to her, so I'm still just as broke. And then we have to borrow again and still be just as broke until you break that cycle and realize you're you're living beyond your means and you're giving out too much. That's true. That's true. And uh, that's that's another. A lot of people feel like they have to pay. Like use the credit card thing that we spoke about early on. If don't splurge. Like if you need appliances, buy needs and then pay as you go. And then you build your credit, and then you go what's next. And then, for example, once you build your credit up to like 700, 750, it's hard for a lot of people. But if you get to that point, I started credit cards as soon as I got into high school. My mom preached. She was like, don't get into credit card debt. So I had to educate myself on credit cards because I didn't want credit cards at all. But when I realized that's the source of getting credit, building credit, what I did was I got a credit card. To places like I said, Best Buy. I actually got a JC Penny and I got it to Walmart. JC Penny. JC Penny for for the clothes. Let me butt whoopers happened in JC Penny. I'm huh? sorry, you you made me have a whole flashback. What you know you butt whoopers I caught in JC Penny's? Because <laughs> my mother used to give give us the black lady speech. Don't go in don't, here. Don't touch nothing. Don't, don't, don't ask it. for nothing. Don't look at nothing. We going to get you some school clothes. Yeah. And mind you, she would walk right into the husky section. I'll never forget again. 
unless you want to shoot the fade. Do not use these words around me. Because you would walk into the JCPenney outlet, hook that left, pass the registers. It said Husky on the thing above your head. I could barely read, but I knew what that word said. And I would get lost every time I walked in there. But it's the same thing how you said. My mom went where the money meant most. Mm-hmm. Instead of buying me, you know, all the Jordans and all the Nikes and all the... She went where my money, what I can allot in this budget, would stretch the furthest. Yes, it's true. And that's that's true. Uh, one another uh, game is whatever your credit card limit is, only spend thirty percent of it. Facts. And that's that's the way you build, you know, credit as well. But I was doing that from eighteen, and like you said, I was buying school clothes with the JC credit card, and then I'll spend my school supplies at Walmart, and then whatever electronics I need, I went to Best Buy, and then I pay slowly, pay slowly. By the end of the semester, it was paid off. My credit was up. By the time I graduated. I had a 767 credit score. <laughs> and now, all I have to focus on now is having six months of consistent pay stubs from one from one job to go up to the next loan that I need for my following plan. Well, see that, and that, even with, um, even with understanding that you gotta use your money right. Mm-hmm. Just handing it over is, is a method that causes us financial death. If you use your money right, make your money work for you. Yep. Like I said, with the credit card and no APR or knowing which cards have what benefits to them or yep. how I can finagle around certain avenues or certain areas. Mm-hmm. There's like, for instance, if I, I uh, had the privilege of working with somebody who used to work in big finance and works with me now, and he, he's talking about how there's, there's coming a time in America, uh, I believe soon, where the, the tax on gas is going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're also giving us tax-free something else. And these are things you should know. You should know the states that don't have sell tax. Mm-hmm. You should know the states that you can maneuver different. Mm-hmm. I just got put onto information why a lot of luxury cars are registered in Montana because there's no tax on the cars in Montana. So you register the car out there, bring it back here, you don't pay car taxes. And if you want to start a business, you register it in Nevada because there's no tax in business in Nevada. Same that's thing with the cars in Maine. If you get them registered in Maine, there's no car taxes. Not, and that's not, it's not even uh, being dishonest or whatever. It's how you play the game. You yeah. got to know. That's why a lot of these top tier one percenters are able to play with their money so well. They have somebody who knows how to play the game, how to avoid certain aspects. Everybody want to talk about 50 Cent when he went bankrupt. Oh, you was broke. Nah, Gene. I cleared the slate so I can start over. Now look at a BMF. Uh, all all the shows he got going, all the ventures he's got, power, all that stuff. He went bankrupt, quote unquote, broke right before that, Mm -hmm. and got a bag right after it. There's way you got to understand tax law. You got to start understanding how certain things maneuver. Did you know there's certain credit cards that if the person, the holder, dies, you can call them and they'll give you the balance off the card. No, that killed me. Someone put me on and was like, "There's certain credit cards if you read the fine print." It's like some clause in a contract that if the holder passes away, you can prove it a death certificate, they'll give you the balance off the credit card and then close the account. It's not everyone, and it's only a certain few. I got to remember the name. Shout out to Deacon Pat. I remember the conversation that it was really on some, if you knew how you needed to move, you'd move a lot smarter. Yeah. Like, there, there's things that I would not have been capable of doing if I did not have the resource, when I say resource, the relationships around me. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, you know, Tim and, and Sister Rose and shout out to CT. These are people who put me on early, but 
only because I was respectable. I was humble. I was quiet. I didn't come in the game, oh, I'm better than everybody else. I'm the nicest out here. No, I did exactly what I could do until I couldn't do it. And then I asked questions. Same thing with photography. Shout out to Norma O. Shout out to Dale. Shout out to Gary Knighton. I asked questions that give me answers. It's like when you show respect and you move humble, mm -hmm. people give you the game. Now, the game ain't free. There's certain stuff that I know I'm not going to ask out of respect because the game ain't free. Mm -hmm. But, hey, uh, what's the aperture? Hey, what's, what's the ISO? Hey, what, what's this? And Cats was answering, and I really appreciate it because they got me probably two to three years ahead of the game just off simple gems. This is, we call the episode Cash Cow, but the Cash Cow is really relationships. It's not even money. Nope. It's relationships. Who do I know? How can I move around? Mm -hmm. Like when you went, my mother got this thing at, at our bank. She goes right in. They talk to her off rip. A person out the back comes and talks to her because she developed rapport with them. Mm -hmm. She don't go in there yelling. She don't go in there fussing, showing her behind. She knows exactly who to talk to, who's the extension, and who's going to call her back. What she do when she put me onto the bank? This is Mike. Who, this is who you talk to. Something go wrong? This is who you talk to. You went alone? That's who you talk to. And you talk with them with respect and regard. It's not their fault you overdraft. I actually just want to dispute with the bank because I, I explained them that y'all overdraft me um, um, in error. They didn't argue with me. They gave me the money back off the strength that I don't show my behind when I come in there. I, I move with a certain level of respect. I learned that from Gates, man. Like, I don't tolerate no disrespect because I always give my respect first. Yeah. And if I feel like I'm being disrespected, it's not aggression that I respond with. I move out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I got other fish to fry. I'm not going to be here doing that. So while we're talking about money, yes, money is important. Start thinking about how you value people, how you start valuing your interactions. Your rapport comes from nonverbal communication. It comes about jokes that you've made, Facebook statuses you put up, way you dress today, your attitude at work. These are things that so when people move on, shout out Jock LaRock. He just left our job to go do his own thing. When I know when I need a, a fresh pair of Yeezys or something like that, or if I ever find a fitted that fits my big old head, I'm going to Jack LaRock and get my stuff the way it's supposed to be. Look how I'm able to move, though. Mm -hmm. My man makes all my merchandise. He makes all my apparel. There's a way to do certain things off of strength. Yeah. So when people are sitting there worrying about where's my next meal coming from, where's my next dollar, how am I going to plan for my retirement, I learned about Roth IRAs and 401ks from a behavior tech at my job. Just asking them. And this, this, is, this is not, you know, a cultural thing. But I, I went to my OG. Uh, put me on with, you know, X, Y. Taught me about chat accounts. Taught me about how to move certain monies and, and how to play with the decimals. Just off of asking. Don't be afraid like I do with a lot of my guests on the show. We break bread on purpose because people want to talk after they eat. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to invite you to the, to, <laughs> I'm going to call it the, the TCB studio and not feed you. Because now I want you to be comfortable. I want you to put us on with what you understand. Now, Aaron's younger than me, but Homer's moving way better than me at our early age. If I knew what I knew now at his age, oh, I'd be fine. I didn't find this out until later on and understood that, okay, you want these nice things because you never had them. Mm -hmm. You want these name brands. You want to move in this vehicle because of what clout it'll give you. Clout don't pay the bills, B. No. Clout, clout don't get you nowhere but a couple likes on the gram. That's it. The goal, the goal is not to be famous. The goal is to disappear. <laughs> I I don't do this. I don't do this for social media. Um, I do this so I can um, 
give back to my family, my community, similar to why you do it. So I can help them out, you know? Family members, you know, first generation college students, you know, all that stuff that they had to sacrifice to give other members in the family, you know, better lives. I, I do it for them. But also at the end of the day, it's for me. You gotta make sure that you have to make the mindset change. You have to sw flip the switch when your friends invite you out and you're at the club, you're at the bar, and you're like, I shouldn't be here. I don't need to be here. I'm spending money when I could be educating myself to make more money. So when I have an abundance of money, I can spend all my time at the bar or club. That's the mindset you should have because once you do that, you're going to be better off in the long run. You you don't have to worry about, oh, snap, what's that? What's that Neon Pipple song? Um, my rent was late about a week ago, but I'm still turning up. Like, why can't you have two houses, a beach house, and still turn up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but see, that's that's you, you gotta you gotta know what's for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, like you gotta know what's 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 in my sphere of influence, so to speak. I'm not going out unless I know that all my bills have been covered. Facts. I'm not buying nothing extra. I'm not treating myself to number two spicy deluxe with the frozen lemonade and the Polynesian sauce unless I know for a fact <laughs> I got gas money going into next week. My kids got snacks for school. I can move a certain way. You can't have my mother used to say when your eyes are bigger than your stomach, you'll spin out of that that lack. You'll spin out of that voided space and then wonder, dang, mom, let me get forty dollars to my next paycheck. No. <laughs> Thankful my mom don't say no, bro. There's been many a times that tape was about to be bone dry if mom dukes ain't putting nothing in there. Yeah. But it's because I was living outside of what I I, I take that back. You know what? The pandemic taught me about money. We, as a country, were broke. Somehow, the country was able to give me an X amount of dollars every week while I was unemployed. I wish I was unemployed. But it was only it was, <laughs> but it was based on how many jobs I worked the years before. Uh -huh. I had five jobs the year before the pandemic came out. Five taxable jobs, three businesses on top of that. So they gave me based on my what they valued me as. Mm -hmm. So now I'm staying home and getting a bag. I didn't burn any of that money. Smart. I paid bills. I sold into people. I made relationships matter because even in, during the pandemic, we couldn't hang out with folks. We couldn't really go nowhere. You couldn't be really around people. So I made sure I put the money where it mattered. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I can I put this bill on here? Can I can I get this to you? Can I do this for you? It's just how you how you maneuver. It really is a, a shade of reflection on yourself. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna be uh uh what's what's the Scrooge McDuck and have all my money in the back vault of the house so I can swim in it. There's lives I can change with this bread, bro. Yeah, that's there's the things I can point. do. That's the whole point. If you, if you make sure you're doing it for the right reasons at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, the whole point is investing, investing in yourself, investing in others, and in return, you'll reap the benefits. Simple as that. Because like what Mike's saying, you you invest into the relationship, and not only did you gain a a longtime friend or family member, you can call that at a certain point. But you also gain a potential extra source, resource, you know, and a possible another income from that source. So it's all about investing in yourself, <laughs> investing in others, and building relationships in the process. The cash cow really, people, is understanding that this life is temporary. Mm -hmm. The things we buy, the shirts that we are wearing right now. I got on a Walmart shirt that was probably six ninety seven. 
because you don't know Walmart round. round I wish y'all would just round the number off. It's so hard to do math when I'm walking through Walmart at six ninety seven and five ninety three. This shirt, you know, shout out to T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, because that's the shirt. I, that's my favorite shirt. I spent the shirt for seven dollars. I bought the shirt probably right before the movie came out. It's perfectly fine because I understand value. I understand what cotton does. I understand what kind of shirts is going to last. This is a thought pattern that I use throughout my whole life. I'm not going to go and just get 87 gas because it's the cheapest one. I need my engine to last. I know the octane, it burns at a different value. Okay, let me get 89 instead, 93 on a good day. It's all about what you're doing. It's not about how you're spending, but what is this spending going to get me in the long run? Am I just purchasing this Arizona because it's a dollar? Or is this a better value than what they have on the shelves? I'm, I'm a little bougie. I'll buy Fiji water. I'll buy the little sparkling waters, the little Perrions or whatever, because I know what's in this bottle is better for to put in my body versus buying. I looked at the label of a vitamin water today, and it's probably about seven words. I don't know what they mean. But if you turn the label just a little bit further, oh, electrolyte filled water and it's minerals and 100% B12. Turn the bottle back around. It says less than 5% of B12. <laughs> the label is lying and we don't read. I remember what, uh, uh, reading... Or was I watching a reel? I was watching a reel. It was talking about this dude who actually read the terms and conditions on a contract. Ended up getting a, a $200,000 uh, gift from that company because he read the terms and, and conditions. They hid it in the terms. And nobody reads it, so nobody was coming. He read the whole thing, and they said, show up here at this time. We'll give you this money. They gave him $200,000 because you actually read the terms and conditions. Facts. You know, people probably fumble that bag and don't even know. Y'all push, I agree, and just push continue and didn't read it. It's all about what, what you do with your mind, right? So, in, in speaking about a cash cow, we're going to you know come to an end real, real quick. When speaking about a cash cow, think about can my next step make three more steps? Can my next move open doors? Or is my next move a dead end? Because when I go and I sit down and I, I have a banging meal at, at Fleming's or whatever, and I'm just eating to eat. That's a dead end. Versus, I call up, you know, a couple of my homeboys, call, yeah, Aaron, what you doing? Let's go, let's go sit at the table. No, no, I got it. Don't worry. I'm going to pay for it. Don't worry about it. It's not about the, the money I spent on the meal. It's about the experience. It's about the values, about the rapport, and then the relationship. We done bent so many quarters, bro, and bent so many different places. We done, we done worked a lot of funny spaces. But in the long run, if I know I need somebody to come work a site that I can't work, or I need some extra hand, yo, this is the date, this is the time, this is how much you're getting paid. You in? Bet. Say less. Let's go. I remember quoting this uh, movie, The Town. Ben Affleck's character walks in the room and says, yo, we about to go do, some do something. It's going to hurt some people. You can't never talk about it again. His man has looked up and was like, who car are we taking? <laughs> I thought that was so dope. He asked him nothing. He's like, yo, who's driving? That's the kind of relationship you're supposed to have in life. When you can move around a certain way just because off the strength, I said so. And knowing that people are representing you well. Like, there's so many avenues you can go with this cash cow. We're probably going to do a part two because you, we got to know that in the years to come, especially millennial types, uh, Generation uh, X, Y, Alpha, all the other, you know, denominations or whatever. The BS. You know what I'm saying? We got to know how we're going to move through this economy when the economy doesn't suit us. We got Congress members that's 85, 90 years old. We got justices of the peace that are over 70, 80 years old. These are people who lived in Jim Crow South. These are people who, who are still in that same kind of mindset that 
their bag matters, but my bag don't matter. Mm -hmm. So we got to learn as a people, we got to learn as a generation how to maneuver our way through the financial web and get to what we need to get to. Mm -hmm. I'm not dying to make my kids rich. I learned this from Jackie Chan. I learned this from Steve Harvey, the uh, Bishop Jake. I'm not dying to give my kids a bag. I want to die and give them wealth, wealth of knowledge, like you said before. I want to enlighten their minds so that when I do pass, yeah, take your time to mourn, but then get back to the bag. And live your life as happy as you can live it based on what you're doing, what you're producing. Don't be bound up by the time clock. Don't be bound up by the nine to five because real talk, they'll replace you as soon as you quit. <laughs> or if you die. Bro, I remember reading something. Dude died at the desk. All they did was post his position. They can't do much. HR. Um, but you said something about the web. What, the what financial web? Financial web. That's That's all I see it in my head because that's, that's literally what it is. That's, that's amazing because you have a web. You're in the center. And you have eight people, great friendships or whatever you want to call it, three great friendships. You connect one with the other. Now they work together, and you your web just expanded from there because they met based off of you, so they, they hold you down. That's literally what it's networking. The way I see network is like a web. I'd rather be the spider than the prey. <laughs> not a pyramid. Pyramids suck. If your friendships are based on pyramids and you're not an ancient Egyptian, run. That means someone at the top is Nino Brown and you G Money at the bottom. And that's... Don't even start me quoting on... on uh, New Jack City, bro. Because <laughs> New Jack City changed my life as a kid. I seen that movie probably thirty five times in a year because I I was just soaking game, soaking game. One man had everybody come to the table in all black, and he was like a five million dollars a week business reduced to rubble. And I just watched how it happened. I watched how G Money let that girl infiltrate his mind. I watched how they let Pookie slip in. I watched how certain, you know, they let Ice T in and was nobody really verifying the check in. And there's certain things you got to do in certain ways you got to maneuver to secure what you have going on. Everybody can't sit at my table. I'm not mean. I'm not rude. I'll feed you. Everyone is not invited to my table. Because once you get at the table, this is where I share game. This is where the village come together. When, I, when, when November come around, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I do Friendsgiving. The people sitting at my table, you get to break bread with me because you've earned a spot. You get to come through and be where I'm at because you held me down. You showed support. You held me accountable. Listen, that's a, that's a big one, being held accountable. When people can tell you, hey, you're wrong, and you take it, that's a whole other type of relationship, bro. That's a whole other podcast, constructive criticism. <laughs> you see how we just come up with stuff by being in the same room, right? We definitely will run that, that, that podcast because people don't understand that you can't be empirical. You can't be right all the time, bro. You got to take it on the chin sometimes when people tell you that just stink. I'd rather you tell me than have me walk around musty. Jim, mm -hmm. message. <laughs> I'd rather you tell me I stink instead of let me walk around musty, you heard? Even if it's, hey, bro, you want to put on my cologne? Like... Hey, bro, you like how this smell? Spray a little bit. Yeah. Or me, I'm, I'm brew. I'm like, bro, you smell like French onion soup, dog. Let's talk about this. <laughs> uh, have you been showering? Like, yo, is the water off at your crib? No, why? You need a shower again? I mean, I got, some, I got some extra rags in there, you know. You want to just wash up real quick? You know, you can wear some shorts, wash your clothes real quick. You know, you all right? Yeah. But listen, cash cow, put it into your mind to understand that going forward, it's not about what we can get out of the government. It's not what we can get out of assistance. It's not what we can get out of broken financial constructs and information. Educate yourself. 
Get to the bag the way you know how to get to it. Mm-hmm. All right? Aaron, appreciate you coming through, bro. Thanks for having me. Hey, yo, as always, thanks for listening. This is The Cutting Board. Peace. Peace.